The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. The Angel Feast the Magic Hour. Hello, my friends. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. My name is Grace Lannon. I am an energy healer and a psychic medium and your host tonight. I'm really excited. We have another guest interview and we're going to be having an amazing conversation with Dana Whitby. I'm very excited. We're celebrating the launch of her very own Oracle deck that is called the Inner Compass. It's now available for pre-order, for purchase. I put links for her website and all of that information in the show notes. And you can also find her on social media and learn more about her. If you guys have been, haven't been listening to the podcast for a while, we did an interview about a year or so ago, a little less than a year ago with Dana, um, talking about her experience as a past life regressionist and talking about all sorts of fun stuff. So you can check out that conversation. But if you don't know Dana, she is a psychic, a reader, an intuitive. She describes herself as a divine messenger, which I love. And she does Reiki, past life regressions, and she has been spending time for the last few years creating this Oracle deck. So for me, it's been really cool to see the process. When we had her on the first time, it was kind of still in its infancy stages, and it's finally been released to the public last week. So you can, again, purchase your own deck. But this conversation, we're going to be talking about her experience creating an Oracle deck, what that has been like, how is she feeling, and some kind of plans for the future for the deck. So if you're interested in learning more, you can hang out and enjoy this conversation. For those who don't know what Oracle decks are, I'll just give you a brief explanation. But Oracle decks are a divination tool, so we're able to use these decks to ask questions of spirit and receive divine information. So Dana has designed the deck with a couple of different aspects and elements in mind. So we talk about that directly in the podcast and you can learn about how she breaks down the deck. But Oracle decks in general, they don't necessarily have a defined um, card stature or status or how many cards are there or what the deck is about. There's a billion and a half Oracle decks and it's really cool to see Dana's vision come to life. So I'm very excited for this conversation. Oracle decks can be used by anyone. You don't need to have any experience and it's really cool because we can create our own individual relationships with each deck that we work with. So tarot is a whole nother bag of tricks. There's specific meanings for each card and it can be a little bit intimidating. So I love Oracle decks because they're a really great way to approach connecting with spirit and creating that relationship. And it's also a beautiful measure of time. Like for me, I will pull a card every day and then other times I'll do it in the morning, once a week. But I think it really helps us develop a relationship and understand the way that spirit might communicate with us. And I think it's also really helpful to have such an amazing deck like Dana's to support us. So we talk about some of the details of what her deck has that's kind of unique and exciting. So, well, I think it's unique and exciting and I think you will too. So enjoy this conversation. If you want to learn more about Oracle decks and Oracle cards, Dana has a whole kind of um, online mini course talking about being your own Oracle and learning to use divination tools. So you can check that out. And then of course, you can always check out Spirit School and we go into vast detail about everything. (laughs) I tend to talk forever. If you listen to the podcast, you know that. So I will go on and on and on, but enjoy this conversation. If you want to find Dana, again, check out the show notes. You can follow her on social media, get a reading, get your deck and learn more. And I'll see you there. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Angel Face Magic Hour. I'm excited. We're here back with Dana Whitby. She is an amazing teacher and now 
creator of an Oracle deck that's coming out in a few days. So I'm very excited. We're going to talk all about it. But Dana, I'd just like to have you briefly introduce yourself. Yeah. Hi, Grace. Thank you so much for having me back on the podcast. I'm really excited about that. Um, my name is Dana Whitby. I am a divine messenger. I am a, the author of an Oracle card deck that we're going to discuss. I'm also a Holy Fire Reiki master, a meditation teacher, and a certified regression therapist. I also have a background in mainstream mental health. So I have a master's degree in counseling and um, I have worked as a therapist in, in several different modalities for the last, um, you know, 10-ish years or so. <laughs> so that's kind of my short bio. Yeah, I'm really excited. You have such calming energy. I feel, it feels nice to be here with you. I got the pleasure, you guys, of getting a reading with Dana from her new deck uh, a couple weeks ago. So that was a really beautiful process. So if you're interested, you can check out her website. I'll put all your info in the show notes if people want to get readings with you. But today we're going to be mainly focusing, talking about your deck, and I'm really excited. So I just want you to briefly introduce like the concept of it. So for those who don't know, this is an Oracle deck. So just kind of talk about what that means to you, the name of it, and I'd love to hear a brief description, like how many cards are in it, that kind of stuff for people who are curious. Absolutely. Yeah. I chose to do an Oracle deck because um, tarot has a set structure and I didn't want to be limited to that structure. So my deck has 48 cards. It's called the Inner Compass Oracle. And the, the general idea behind it is helping you to unlock and understand how to use your own inner compass. So the deck is divided into four sections based on the four cardinal directions. And each of those has a specific meaning and a theme. And within that, there are 12 cards in each section. And those 12 cards have different messages, but they are all under the umbrella of the message of the direction that they are in. So that's really how I structured it. And I you can see why I didn't want to do tarot because tarot is always 78 cards. It's always the major and minor arcana and uh, doing an Oracle deck allowed me to have a bit more creativity and flexibility and freedom to make it be what I wanted it to be. Yeah, that's so cool. I think um, it gives you such freedom. And what I like about using Oracle decks is that it it leads a lot of interpretation. Like you've channeled all these beautiful messages for each and every card. And someone could just use a deck like that, like read all the messages that you have written and it's going to give them insight. But then people can also bring it into their practice and like interpret it in your their own ways, just based on like the imagery and the, the words that you've chosen to use. I'm curious like about the actual channeling like process for you when you were writing the descriptions for the cards did you have like was it more so you had the ideas of the words ahead of time or just like the feelings like I just kind of want to hear about your process with that yeah so um there were kind of two different ways that it that it worked the channeling worked for me um, every message in this Oracle deck is drawn upon my life and my lived experience in some way, shape or form. So I'll say that from the start that, um, I reflected upon my life and I was like, where did I, what lessons have I learned? And so I pulled from that, um, the messages sometimes came first, and then I found an archetype, something in our world or in the heavens that really accurately represented that message. Other times something came to me, like I knew I had to have a lighthouse in the deck, but then I had to work backwards. I was like, well, what does a lighthouse mean? What does it represent? And then the, the channeled message kind of came from there. So um, it was a little bit of both. I am really um, claircognizant. So I just know, and I can't really quite explain it. It's like, I just knew the message of this particular card had to be this message. And you know, sometimes it was difficult because if you take an animal, for example, I have a dolphin card in the deck. There's a million different messages that you could give about a dolphin, right? So it was kind of like narrowing down and listening to my intuition about what 
the message that needed to come through about the dolphin was, for example. Um, so it really was like kind of an individual process with, with each card, honestly, and some of them changed over time. So for example, I have a B card and at first I thought the B card was supposed to be all about community and leaning upon one another. And, um, then when Queen Elizabeth died, I read this article about how there's this ancient Celtic tradition called go tell the bees. And when something major happens in our lives, we are supposed to go tell the bees because the bees are said to be messengers to the spirit world. And so Queen Elizabeth's like royal beekeeper was going to let the bees know that she died. And I thought, oh my God, I need to have that as a, a, something in my deck. So I completely rewrote my bee card in order to share that. I just, something about that just I touched me and I just knew that had to be the message more so than the community message. So, you know, it was an interesting experience and I had to be open and flexible and willing to change um, what I quote unquote thought things had to be. So that's so interesting. Yeah. You, you, so for those who don't follow Dana on Instagram, you've been sharing your deck like piece by piece and sharing each card and each message. And it's been really cool for me to see, like, because I feel like things have been relevant in my personal life and my timeline, like with the cards that have been coming out. And so I think it'll be really interesting for people to interact with the deck and see how that like shifts things. But the bees have been coming up for me. So it's been interesting that you <laughs> right. um, shared that card and just that story too. I think each animal has their individual like energy. So we can really interpret that in many ways. So it's, I think proves to me not that it needs to be proven, but it proves to me that you're like really listening. Cause it's not just like, okay, I'm, what does this symbolize? What's the mythology? It's really like listening to what spirit wants to share about those individual things. So there's 3000 million Oracle decks. It's really about like how that can show you things about yourself. So I'm excited to, to purchase the deck. Would you share with us a little bit about um, like how it's, it's going to be sold and everything so if people are interested in purchasing because I know you are doing a pre-sale so that's coming up really soon and we'll put all the links and everything but just share a little bit about that and I'm curious too how it feels for you that it's finally coming out because I feel like it's you know it's this birthing process you've been creating and interacting with these energies and now they're finally coming alive in a way. So I'm just curious how that feels for you. Yeah. So sort of to answer the first part of your question, the back end, I am completely self-publishing this deck. So um, I have worked with a printer and the deck is currently being printed out of a family owned business called Shuffled Inc. in Orlando, Florida. And I chose that because I wanted something in the United States and something that Honestly, I live on the East Coast, so if I really had to, I could drive down and get them if I needed to. Just, you know, shipping across the world kind of scared me a little bit yeah. um, in our times that we live in. So all of the decks that I ordered are going to be coming to my house, which is a little overwhelming. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to be shipping them myself. My husband, my kids are all going to be, you know, helping to pack these decks up. And I am pre-selling them through my website. Um, I am also offering a discount code, which I can give you guys at the end, but, um, just as a little thank you for pre-ordering. So I kind of know where I'm at with my sales, yeah. but the decks will be finished printing by the end of June at the very, very latest early July. And I will begin shipping them the second they get delivered to my door. So this is just a, a, a one woman show here. Yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. Those. Yeah. Um, how I feel about the deck coming out into the world. This feels like a really long time coming. Um, I have loved Oracle cards since I was a teenager and I shared this on Instagram, but I thought that this deck was actually a book in the beginning. And when I met some huge writer's block and struggled to continue writing the book was when I had to kind of go within 
and, and listen. And I think that was my human self pushing this to be something that it actually wasn't. And my guides were like, okay, we're going to, we're going to put a stop to this until you can <laughs> hear what this is supposed to be. And, um, I just heard in meditation that this was an Oracle deck. And then, so I started dismantling that book and turning it into a deck. And when I realized that it was like, I felt like I was coming home to myself. I felt like I was honoring that teenager who was standing in, you know, Borders bookstore in 1999 and just doing something that she loved so much um, that it just feels like I'm, I'm doing something so aligned with my soul. And it's, I can't even imagine when I get to hold this deck. So as it stands right now, I do have the cards, but they came as a sample printed in so like proofs or whatever. Yes, proofs. Yep. So I had to cut them all out. I don't have. I come from the printmaking world, so I know a little you bit know. about prints. <laughs> it's <laughs> yes. hard work, though. It's really hard work. It's very hard work, and so I can't wait to actually hold like the real thing in my hands. You know, energetically, it's already a real thing, but I can't wait to hold the tangible, physical item in my hands. Do you have like the design for like the box and everything? Yep, all of that is all mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so (laughs) yeah so you um you're working with the artist what so can you share their name with us I forget absolutely her name is Jennifer Burge and her uh, business is called Coral Antler she's based out of the Asheville area in North Carolina and she's incredibly talented she channeled all of the images on these decks and she she truly is amazing how did you find her she was recommended to me um, by someone that I had on my podcast in my podcasting days. Um, she knew I was doing a deck and she was like, you really should look at my girl who photographed my book. And I was like, oh, okay. And as soon as I saw that she lived an hour and a half away from me, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Um, and then I connected her to someone else that I knew. I just, all of those things, the synchronicities were like, enough for me. And then I commissioned her to do just four pieces of art. And the second I saw them, my soul just like left my body. I was like, yep, this is, this is the right person. So it was just following the breadcrumbs. I told spirit, I said, if I'm supposed to do this deck, you need to bring the artist to me. And it just happened. It did. (laughs) That's amazing. That gives me chills. So with the imagery, did you just give her like, this is the the name of the card, what the messages, and she kind of just went from there. Or did you kind of have, how did the consult go with that? Yeah. Um, some cards, just like the writing process and the channeling process, there were different methods that we use for different cards. So I sent her the description of all of them off the bat, and I allowed her to work on them as she felt called to a card. So my experience with writing the deck was that I, I actually experienced the the resurgence of the message in my life and experienced it as I was writing it. I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. And when she created the art, the same thing happened to her too. And so we would be messaging each other like, oh my God, this B card is coming up in our life or, you know, whatever it was. Um, but sometimes I would give her a vision that I had or what helped us when um, we both were kind of stuck was creating Pinterest boards. So I would go on there and make individual boards for each card and just kind of send her some things that really sparked some joy for me. And she sometimes took those recommendations and sometimes not. Um, And she was always very open to any changes that I wanted to make. And um, yeah, we really, it it was just a very in tandem process. I think we have hundreds and hundreds of emails back and forth between the two of us on this deck. So have you guys met in person? We have. So I took a little writing retreat last summer to finish the descriptions. And I went up to the Asheville area and we went out to dinner. We went shopping to some metaphysical stores and looked at crystals together and had a really fun time. So we've met one time in person. Yeah. Wow. That's so crazy. Yeah. (laughs) Cool. I love that. (laughs) Um, So I'm curious, what was the last card that you made? What was like the final one? Um, have you read the Harry Potter series? You- <laughs> yes. Okay. So um, <laughs> I think I, everyone has. <laughs> everyone has. I um, I had to do a nod to that. I love the Harry Potter series. And so I ended at the beginning as she did. And so I ended with writing the first card, which is the compass card, the namesake of the deck. And I intentionally held back on writing that um, until I completely finished all the other ones because I felt like the compass 
exemplifies the entire deck and I didn't want to write it before I felt the energy of all of the cards. So I ended at the beginning. Wow, that's so cool. So did you have the name like ahead of time? Like you knew it was going to be the inner compass? Yes. So the name and the idea of learning how to use your intuition and listening to your inner compass came first. That was part of the book. It was the book. Exactly. Um, And then once I realized that it was a deck, I was like, oh, how would I break up these cards? And that's when the four cardinal directions came in and the meanings for each of those. And then within that, then the, um, the actual archetypes and the messages kind of started falling into place. It was a domino effect that way. So what is your dominant like element? I'm curious. You of the four directions you mean? Yeah. Or, like what what direction feels the most Dana? Oh my gosh, that's such an interesting question because the directions are made so that you move through all of them. So the east it, we start in the east because the sun rises in the east and all of the east cards are about recognizing that um you are a divine being having a human experience we can't connect to our intuition if we don't believe that we are a divine being so that's like the first step and then we move into the south and all of the south cards are about shadow work and about facing our humanity and facing our darkness and then we move to the West and the West cards are all about incorporation and integration. Once you've seen your highest capability and your lowest low, it's about loving yourself and bringing all these elements together. And then all of the North cards are about making informed, intuitive decisions and actually taking action based on what you've learned about yourself and the integration. So If I had to choose one, I think I would have to pick the North direction because um, I just love reaching that point of clarity and of being able to really listen to your intuition. But I think we spiral right back around because we forget. And that's kind of part of our humanity and our process, right? So it's like this ever-evolving spiral in my mind. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah, I feel like, I think healing in general, people get to this point where they're like, when is it going to end? And I think tools like Oracle decks or any kind of divination always remind us that it's not really about an ending. It's just about like integrating everything together. So I like, I like how you kind of summarize that. I'm curious. I'm just curious if like similar to astrology, like where people might live a large portion of their life in one like direction Mm -hmm. um but I feel like hopefully we'll all get to that north place I think so and I think I think we we do whether we realize it or or not um you know we may not always be conscious of our compass that's the other thing that I write about in the guidebook it's like it's still functioning. It's still helping it to guide you and lead you, even if you're not aware of it. But I, I believe that harnessing it creates a sovereignty over your life that is unparalleled. So it's like, it's still going to function. You're born with it, no matter what you're at this inner compass, but can you harness it? And can you help yourself evolve and grow with it? Right. Mm, yeah. That's so interesting. I'm just like thinking and reflecting upon yeah. A few things. <laughs> so with the deck, like what is kind of your biggest hope for people to receive from it? My I mean, that's is, kind of a loaded question. No, it's a great question. I mean, my hope is that people would feel like this is a different Oracle deck than they've ever used before. I wanted this to be more than just shuffling the cards. I said in the guidebook, I hope you take everything I've written with a grain of salt and insert your own intuitive messages that you get, you might see the B card or the lighthouse card and have a totally different feeling from what's written in the guidebook. And I hope that you would know that that trumps anything I've written. And I have also incorporated lots of different things into this deck, things I have not seen in other Oracle cards. So there are um, planets in the deck and I have a description in the guidebook about how to look up your natal chart And so there are specific messages for all kinds of different placements that you might have in your natal chart, because I wanted this to also feel deeply specific to you 
and not just a collective message. So I really wanted to incorporate some astrology there to, to personalize the messages here. I also incorporated some visualizations and journal prompts, as well as actions that you can take and crystals that you can work with. So I wanted this to be so much more than just shuffling cards and, and pulling them out and getting a message that someone else has written. I want this to prompt you to have a deep healing experience on your own and to learn what that looks like for you. That was that's that's my highest and greatest hope is that this would help you to get more in touch with your own soul and your own inner compass. I really like that. I feel like that is one of the most key important things of any psychic work is the integration mm -hmm. and like actually doing something with the message. So I think that will be really helpful for people to be like, okay, now I can do this or that, or here's more ways for me to tap in. Cause sometimes it's like, okay, I read this now. What do I, now, now what is next? Yeah. So I like that. Good. Um, let me see if there's any other questions I wanted to ask. Yeah, sure. Let me. See. So I have a few. Okay. I'm curious if there was any specific because I know you work with like spirit guides I'm curious if there was like specific guides that came through to help with this process or if it was more like each card came with their own energy like how did you feel as far as like an intuitive connection with the process was there like a specific energy that came through yeah, that's a great question. Um, so with the cards that were planets, um, crystals, animals, trying to think of some of my other categories, at least those three, I really held the vision of that animal, that planet, that crystal in my mind, as I channeled and wrote the message, I asked that energy, that being what it wanted to communicate right? So I went there first. And then I have other cards that is certain things like a tsunami and a storm and um, a lighthouse and a, a magic mirror. I have some mystical things out there too, where I did channel the energy of that item as well, or that experience. But my main spirit guide, this sounds so crazy to say this out loud, but um, it's the goddess Athena. She has been with me for a very, very long time. It's not crazy to say that here. <laughs> not here, I know. <laughs> I was curious if you had a Mother Mary. Mm -hmm. I just feel that so much from you. I don't know. <laughs> oh, no, yes. You, you, yes. All the, all the uh, Judeo-Christian religious figures, Jesus, Mary Magdalene, Mother Mary, um, the goddess Athena and Isis, those are my main big ones. Um, I've reached out to a couple others over the year, like Hecate. Um, she's come in and the Morrigan, some of the darker goddesses as well, helped me with the shadow cards. Um, but Athena is my main guide and, you know, she's the, the goddess of wisdom. And so I just really felt her kind of throughout all of the cards, but I did try to also channel that individual archetype or entity as well. Yeah. That's so interesting. And I feel like especially with the things that are more like elemental, like mm -hmm. for, for my reading, the sand card came up and that mm -hmm. was really like significant for me, but I feel like it's almost, yeah, just happening into those forces. I don't know if they have bodies, yeah. but like those <laughs> energies. <laughs> um, so that's yeah. really interesting. I was just curious if like, there was one kind of being that came through. So it sounds like, yes, There's a lot of them. Yes. That <laughs> sounds like, yes, and no, yes, and no, <laughs> that sand card was one of the most clear cards that I wrote. I mean, I like the energy of sand came to me and they were like, we are tiny, but when we are put together, we are heavy, heavy weight. And it's, it's building that sand castle grain by grain by grain. Um, like that was just one of the most clear messages. It, that was one of the easiest cards I had to write. <laughs> uh, yeah, I went Whoa. to the beach yesterday and I was thinking mm. about the sand card. Yeah. 
I love that card. So much. Yeah, it was really helpful for me to hear yeah. that. And just briefly, like <clears throat> on my reading, I I found a lot of value from you know you're channeling your wisdom like that you brought through. But I think what's cool and unique is that you're using your own deck. So then, of course, all these messages have a greater, like, I guess, like, yeah, more archetypal messages. Mm -hmm. So I was able to then go and look at, like, the descriptions that you had written. So I encourage people to definitely get a reading with you. Um, it was really helpful. And you brought in Reiki too. And I just really liked like the format and the formula of that. Like it felt very calm and it was a recorded reading you guys. So I think that some people feel hesitant about something like that. Cause they're like, okay, how is the person going to tap in when they're not even with me? Even people I do, I'm on zoom and people are like, I don't believe that. Right. <laughs> but how do you do it on zoom yeah <laughs> it really it doesn't matter time doesn't exist in that way for, for us to tap in so i i encourage people to give it a shot and try it but i think it was i think it was really helpful because it showed me i guess just like a little bit where i was in my own head kind of cycling upon like self-sabotage habits and stuff like that I always go back to so I think like the deck will help people in that same way of like realizing when you're stuck in a pattern sometimes it's like helpful to just get an outside reminder um whether that's like getting a reading or someone or using a tool to do it for yourself but I just wanted to say that yeah, I I think it's really hard sometimes um, because there is such a, and even I'm pushing this message of listen to your own intuition, listen to what you think is best, but sometimes it really is helpful. You, we, we need to go to a healer. We need to go to um, a channel or a therapist or a practitioner. I mean, we need outside help too. And so I definitely don't want to diminish that either in my message. You know, I want to make sure that's clear um, that it, it also is important to get outside help. Sometimes we just can't see the forest for the trees, right? We just, yeah. yeah. And I think sometimes too, with like psychic readings and things like that, like sometimes they'll tell you things that you didn't know, but oftentimes it's like just helping you get that confirmation that you were right. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and that gives you, you the permission, which I think is really important. I'm, I'm curious. curious. Um, if you like, did you have any big inspirations for this deck? Like any imagery or anything like that you drew upon? Obviously you said you went through like Pinterest and saved like some kind of things, but did you have like a deck that you love or maybe a book or something that inspired you? Yeah. Um, there were definitely some decks that were inspiration to me. I love the collage style of Rebecca Campbell's decks and her artist is Danielle Noel. I love I her so, art. Yeah. Oh my God. She's incredible. And I want to get like a print of hers from my office. I know. They're it's really so weird. like otherworldly and just, ugh, just so beautiful. And also, um, Colette Baron reads decks that are done by Jenna Della Grataglia, I think I'm pronouncing her last name correctly. Um, she is also really incredible just with the mystical, but the, the very clear, you know, Danielle Noel is a bit more like dreamy and Jenna is a bit more like um, crisp, crisper, clearer images, but still having that mystical. And so those were two different artists that I told my artist, Jen, about. And I was like, these are my inspirations for sure for my art. And I feel like she married both of them in a beautiful way. So I, I just couldn't be happier with, with the deck and the way that my inspiration came through. But I will say, um, I am not, I I'm an artist, I'm a creator, but I am not an artist in the traditional sense. You're not painting them. you know. Right. I'm yeah. that's not me. I can't even do collage work like this. And so having an artist, I almost feel like she took the vision that I had for every card and like raise the vibration even higher. It was like, it was always better than I even dreamed. So uh, that's just speaking to pulling in the people who do what they do well <laughs> and knowing where you maybe need some help <laughs> in, in what you're creating. Yeah. I think yeah. collaboration is so important and like 
for me sometimes that's hard to be like okay like I'll give my ideas up yeah but I think it's so important because like you said like they might have even a bigger vision than you do or they might be able to do it faster than you could Mm -hmm. like and just tapping into that I think connection that I see it's like a stream so that you know the visions and the ideas come from you but they come from spirit so that she can also tap into that and then anyone else using the deck can tap into that same energy so it's like creating this healing so it's going to be really cool like how that will affect your energy and like I'm just yeah I'm just excited to see but like I feel like having that little element of you I feel like will be healing just to have people use it for you so we'll see yeah I'm interested to see how people feel when they have it in their hands (laughs) yeah um I'm just seeing if I missed any questions and then I do still want to have you you're going to do a little reading for us yes I am I'm excited about that so anything else that you you want to share about the deck or um do you have any like dreams for like once it comes out would you want to do like a live event where you're located or do you have like plans for kind of like sharing it yeah you know I sort of am tiptoeing into that I think I'm still so in the birthing process of it that I'm not I haven't fully like fleshed that out but something that has come up to me um time and time again is a, a class or a workshop using the cards and I'm not sure if I would help people move through the directions and we would work through those different topics or what that would be so I'm still like remaining open to any downloads that I get about that but Um, a course or a workshop sounds really great. Um, I will be doing some local events here in Charlotte at different bookstores. So if you're in the Charlotte area, um, definitely reach out to me so that we can connect. And, um, yeah, I'm kind of, I'm kind of open and not putting too many expectations, but I hope, I hope that this thing, you know, takes off and I get tons of downloads of ideas to do with it. So, yeah, Yeah, I think it's just like, that possibility having that open because with an oracle deck it's like you could do so much you know other people could sell it at other stores down the line like you -hmm. know or things like that but I think what you have that is unique is that you're also yeah a teacher and a channel and like a divine messenger as you like to describe yourself which I love that you could do something like that that would be I think an evolved way of people interacting with it. Cause of course we want to sell, we want to make money from the deck, but it's also bringing that message forward in like an authentic way. I could definitely see some kind of like workshop and you have workshops online right now. If people are interested um, about like just reading Oracle cards in general and connecting with your intuition so that's something that you already are doing so I definitely could see those things being brought together do you want to just share uh, with us where people can find your Mm -hmm. um classes and stuff yeah sure so I have a big long form um oracle and tarot reading course that is available through my website, which is danawhitby.com. And then you can click on You Are the Oracle. That's the name of the course. And that is located on the Teachable platform. I also have broken down if on into smaller lessons on Insight Timer. If you are already a member on Insight Timer, you have access to these courses already right now included in your membership. You can also purchase mm-hmm. them as standalone courses. They are much more basic. They are much shorter than my long form course through my website. Um, But on Insight Timer, there is a very basic just how to read cards. It doesn't go into, um, it explains the differences between Oracle and Tarot, but it's like very basic, like literally how to shuffle, how to do the spreads, how to, uh, what questions to ask. And then I have a Tarot 101 course. It goes through all of the Tarot cards, um, my strategies for how to remember them, that sort of thing. So you can find those two things on Insight Timer. 
Oh, and, cool. Uh, the other one through my website. Yeah. Yeah. You were putting out that um, right when we did our last episode yeah, that's right so, <laughs> yeah time flies <laughs> doesn't it I know it's yeah um I'm curious like with when you're using the cards do mm -hmm. you feel I don't know like it, it's easier to get those messages than using like just a card deck any old card deck do you feel like you can like see them know them like before you pull them is it With easier to like, document? yeah, is it easier to like tap in? Yeah. I, and, and I think it's also purely because I've worked with them so much. I mean, writing them is one thing, but then, you know, I probably went through and edited each of them three different times and really like sunk my teeth into the messages and made sure that they were clear and that they communicated what I wanted to communicate and that I didn't have two cards that were too similar, you know, that sort of thing. Um, but also I've been working with this energy for a long time. So once I figured out what all of the cards were, I literally wrote down each one on index cards and I would shuffle them and work with them from the start. I wanted to see how the messages interacted, how they felt. Um, and so like, we think we have to have, just like we were talking about with Zoom or with a recorded reading, like we think we need to be in person with the actual cards that are printed, but like the energy of these cards has existed long before I even finished writing them. And yeah. so whether I'm using index cards or whether I'm using the sample or the final product doesn't matter because it's, it's energy. It's, it's through all time and space. It already exists. Yeah. That's yeah. It's, it's so true. And like, even just having you, like I said, you've been sharing them on Instagram, like, and even just seeing them through the, you know, the phone screen, it's, you're still tapping into that energy. I always talk about this when I talk about like crystals, like we don't have to actually hold the crystal in our hand to like connect with the energy so yeah. I don't see why it would be any different for like the cards I'm yeah, yeah I'm really curious like to see if I don't know like I feel like certain ones that might come up in in reality like mm -hmm. I'm curious to see if if people pull like the spider card or something like an actual physical representation of that will show up for them obviously yeah. we don't want a tsunami to like come into your life literally but i feel like sometimes things come through in an embodied way yeah i, I think you're right i think sometimes they do it's like you might see a spider outside and then you pull the spider card or vice versa or um, a dolphin you know, shows up on the TV in a commercial or something like that. Or maybe you see a tsunami on television and, and there's talk about relief efforts. So it's like, yeah, you're right. I mean, it just, that's another synchronicity and another way to work with these messages and just further confirmation that the card that you pulled is in fact the message that you need to hear. Yeah. Do you, do you use like any kind of confirmation for yourself? Like when you're pulling cards? Like, is this the right car for me? I mean, you've been reading cars for a long time. So you probably have like an, I know it. I know this is true feeling. But when you first started, did you have like a way to like test yourself or anything? I didn't have a way to test, but I will say that in the beginning, um, I, like I literally, like I mentioned, I was a teenager when I first started. And so I remember pulling a card and be like, I don't want that message and putting it right back in and be like, I'm yeah. going to find another one, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and I think we're all tempted to do that at some point, but I couldn't run away from the message. And I started to find that even if I did put it back in, I, it's still, um, I, I got confirmation in some way, shape or form. Like we were just talking about seeing something or hearing something um, that hearkened back to that card that I pulled that I didn't want it. And so I guess that was kind of like my proof or my confirmation was like, the messages are the messages. You can run from them if you want. Um, but, but this is still the truth that you will have to face at some point or another. And so after that happened, you know, several times, I just have a solid belief that I do not ever put cards back. I do not ever, um, I, I take the message for what it is and I try not to tell myself that it's not true or, um, you know, dismiss it in any way, shape or form, because it, I don't think anything is an accident. It didn't come out of the deck for an accident. And that has been proven to me through my life just over time. 
Yeah, I think sometimes we don't understand it right away too. Yeah. We're like, I don't, that doesn't feel relevant, but eventually it will see <laughs> how it, how it's true. Yeah. Hindsight's always 2020. 20, and sometimes something doesn't resonate or make sense until you've moved through it. And that's fine too, you know? Yeah. And that's why I think it's so valuable about like something like the reading we did, it's like recorded. So if for me, it resonated very much and it was very <laughs> helpful. But if I listen to that and I'm like, oh, okay, maybe later I listen back to it and I, I get it now. And yeah. I think that happens all the time. Okay. So I think it's important to have some kind of record of things. I think so too. So even if you're just doing a reading for yourself, I think it's really important to, at, at the bare minimum, just write down the cards that came up in the day so that you can look back. Um, I think it's best to really process them in a journal or at least call someone and talk through it. But again, having a record, it's kind of like going to therapy and then not listening to your therapist. If you just pull cards and move on, you know, it, yeah. we really need to process them and to, and to think through it. Yeah. I think something I like to do is I'll pull a card in the morning and then like at night, I'll kind of reflect upon it yeah. because it's almost like a anchor for, for the day. Like sometimes it's a good thing. Like, Oh, I'm really tapping into this energy. And sometimes it's almost like a warning of like, okay, things are going to be a little weird today, (laughs) but I try to journal about it or like, at least I'm a big talker. So I'll, I'll literally record myself talking and that helps me. And I encourage people to do that because sometimes writing is it's easier to, to just say it out loud. I love that suggestion because journaling is not for everyone, um, but processing it I in love some it so. way is perfect. Yes. I love that. <laughs> awesome. Well, let's have you do a little card reading for us. So anyone who's listening, just take a second to kind of like tap in, open yourself up to the intention that we're going to just provide some clarity, some insight, whatever spirit wants to share with us today and Dana's going to pull a card for us you can share with us any kind of just general insight and then if people want to dive deeper into the message they can look up the card on your Instagram and read the full description and let, if if you want to read it we can do that too I don't know if we have time because I know you have to go yeah <laughs> yeah so I'm just going to set the intention that I pull the card for all of us for grace and myself and for anyone listening just the card that has a message for our highest and greatest good at this time when you are listening i knew this card was going to come up uh we you and i you were getting some stuff figured out on the back end when we first got on this call and i was shuffling and this card fell out and i i said that's the card for today and then here it is it just came back up Um, So this is the serious card and um, I would actually love to read this one. It's not very long. Yeah, please. Um, please. I just don't want to make you late. Sure. No, you're fine. (laughs) The serious card is number 33. I know um, a lot of us really love, you know, numerology and this comes from the West section of the deck. So again, the West cards are about, um, integration. So the three key words for the serious card are authenticity, self-acceptance, and confidence. So the description says, Sirius, the brightest star in the sky, shines like a beacon from the heavens. In ancient times, many myths and legends were created around this star, both positive and negative. The serious card arrives when you are on the receiving end of both criticism and praise from others. Sirius has wisdom to offer around being the center of attention. Every year, Sirius is hidden behind the sun for a period of time, but its return to visibility coincides with the Nile River's annual flooding season. Ancient Egyptians believed that Sirius sent the floods due to the timing of its appearance. On the positive side, because Sirius is the brightest star, it has been revered as the greatest reflection of the divine that we can see here on Earth. Sirius is coming to you now as a validation that when your light shines brightly, it attracts both adoration and criticism. 
you may feel tempted to dim your light or to shrink back into the shadows to lessen the amount of feedback coming your way. These types of reactions only ignite feelings of self-abandonment because you are refusing to honor who you truly are. Like Sirius, others will view you through many different lenses during your life. To some, you are the villain, and to others, you are the hero. Their opinions have no bearing on who you actually are. It's important to stay true to your soul and what feels authentic to you, despite what others might think. When you love yourself for both your shadow and your divine essence, you are shining your light in the most authentic way possible. Regardless of whether you are the villain or hero in someone else's story, you are always the main character in yours. Hold steadfast to the power you possess as the brightest star in your sky. And then each of my cards has a reminder. And so the one for Sirius says, dimming your light ignites self-abandonment. Allowing it to shine radiates authenticity. Mm, that's, that's helpful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love the message of this card. And you can see why I wanted to read it because it's kind of an in-depth um, uh, description because it can be all of my cards. I don't believe in a, in a positive or negative message. I think all of them have, there's a spectrum here. And so again, when this card comes up, it can be adoration and criticism or both. And it's just remembering that none of that has any bearing on, on you and who you truly are. Yeah, and that I know that will resonate with people listening. Like we've been doing this series around facing our fears and yeah. specifically fear of success and being seen and having people witness you. Um, yeah. That's been coming up the last couple of weeks. So <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people are going through that experience of just allowing other people to see you. And I think sometimes that brings up like the card mentions that you sometimes you want to shrink back into yourself, but this is our not gentle reminder that just to stay in the stop, stay in the star, stay in the spotlight. Serious too, like is a very interesting, there's a lot of interesting mythology around that. So if people like that lights up for you, I would definitely like do some Google researching. There is actually a, book in the window I went on a walk this morning before our recording and there was a book there's a new age bookstore there's a book in the window about like serious so I just oh noted God. that this morning it was so of course this showed up wow that's interesting yeah and I think um for the astrology people yeah seeing how like that kind of interacts with some of the other stars in the sky I don't know if Sirius is visible right now you know? I don't know right now either I'd have to google that to, yeah. to be able to find out someone um, knows someone <laughs> listening knows but um that would be interesting to see like what parts of the year it's visible and if that like connects to people in any way of like they might feel more okay with being seen at those points in time mm. um I hadn't thought about that that is super interesting yeah that just like Good point Grace comes into my that. mind so <laughs> yeah. I have to think about that um that. I'm not an astrologer but I'm always intrigued about the interactions between like our emotional feelings and like what's going on in the sky so I feel like Sirius is a big I see it as like a teacher for us um so I think that's a reminder like that the teacher is yourself and that's what I see is like the theme of the whole deck you know and and I shared with you some things that I felt like the deck represented but um I'm just really excited for people to experience it and like we said it's coming out for pre-sale on Friday which is a few days from now so that's what April 28th April 28th. Yep. It'll be available at 1.30 PM Eastern time. And that is all lined up with the astrology of my natal chart. I have oh a really God, cool. transit going on and it's exact at 1.30. So um, that's why 1.30 Eastern time. <laughs> so I you love that so much. Yeah. <laughs> 
So I encourage you guys to purchase the deck. I encourage you to just check out Dana's work if you're not familiar with her and you can listen to our first interview. We talk more about your work with like past life regression and stuff. So if you're intrigued about that, go listen to that. And anything else you want to share about how you're feeling as the deck is finally emerging? I think I just feel just like immense gratitude. And I, I just feel like I'm doing something that's so aligned with my soul. And I people are rising to meet that. And I'm just so grateful. I, I'm so I just have deep, deep gratitude for the beings on the other side that helped me channel this and for the people that are here on earth that are rising to meet it and to feel the truth in it. And um, yeah, I, I'm just deeply grateful for that. And Grace, you're a part of that because you have been such a huge supporter of me and I'm I'm eternally grateful. I can't say it enough. So just thank, thank you. you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> thank I'm you. glad to do it. And, you know, I, I see the energy. I feel the energy from the deck. It feels really good to me. So I just want to share that with people and I want them to experience that too. But I also, um, I think that what people can take from just listening to this is just seeing that sometimes things take time and they take turns. So you didn't necessarily think that it was going to be an Oracle deck, but now it is. And that's exactly how it was supposed to be. And it's supposed to come out now. And all these other things had to align for you to get there, for you to meet your artist, for everything to work out. So I think that's a reminder for people that it doesn't have to you might have a grand idea, but it doesn't have to like come so quickly. Like we really need to integrate things. And with something like this too, it's all, every single card had that energy that had to like move through your life yeah. for, it, for it to come alive and be a thing. So when we're working with spiritual energies, it's not so simple as like, I'm going to write a book about um, like how to make a smoothie bowl. Like there's a lot more factors and it's very emotional so through this process it's healing for you as you're helping other people heal so I just want people to like have that perspective because I think sometimes when we see someone put bring something into the world we're like oh my gosh I want to do that and the truth is you can do that too but it's not so so simple there's going to be things that you have to like move through in order to take action on that. So if you see, oh, Dana's doing this, like that is so exciting to me, like lean into that feeling mm -hmm. of like what inspires you. So that's why I wanted to like ask about some of your inspirations, because when we see something that inspires us, sometimes people even get into this feeling of like jealousy of like, I want to have this. I want to see that in my life. But when we see how others can accomplish things it really shouldn't be a feeling of jealousy it should be a feeling of inspiration so if you feel any like sort of way of I want to accomplish these things like lean into those people and see how they can show you like what it really takes to get there I love that you said that because this deck took me two and a half years to write I, I'm two and a half years in um, not just right, but the whole process, like this has not been a quick process and I have felt just agony over how slow it's gone. It's been a very hard process of, of waiting and being patient. And I've watched what I feel like is other people lap me in what they're creating. You know, they, they create something and it's out in six months and I'm like, God, here I am, you know, two and a half years in, and I still don't have my deck in my hands. So it is easy to compare, but you're right. I think sometimes things that are worth doing take a long time, not all the time, but sometimes they do. And patience is a tough lesson to learn. <laughs> yeah. And something with art and like creativity, it's like, it's never going to be what you expected. Exactly. <laughs> Gotta be open. <laughs> yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me. I had so much fun talking with you, you and I'm excited you. to share the deck and yeah. Anything else? Nope. I think that's it. I'm, um, can I just share where people can find me? Yes, okay? please. Yeah. Plug, give us your plugs, um, links in the show notes, you guys. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's DanaWhitby.com. 
You can purchase my deck there. You can check out my courses. I am Dana Soul Rises on Instagram and Dana Whitby on TikTok. Yes. Yeah. So I definitely encourage people if you're on Instagram to check out Dana and you can go and literally look at every single card and go through the whole process before you even purchase. So, um, do yeah, it. Check follow it my out. website too. You, if you don't want to go on social media, you can flip through my website every Oh, perfect. Yeah. So if people are not on Instagram, you can find it yeah. all on the website. That's right. Amazing. Yeah. Well, congratulations. Thank you, Grace. Very and thank exciting. you again deeply for your support. It's You're very welcome. Here. Well, we will talk to y'all soon. And um, you can find the deck and everything else in the show notes. And we'll see you next time. Bye.